how significant is the cross? How significant am I in the eyes of God? The living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, was willing to send his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to the earth to die and become my substitute and go to a cross and die in my place. I never have to question the love of God ever again, knowing that 2,000 years ago, he was there dying in my place because he said I was worth it. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor. We've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And I'm the co-host, Todd Isburner. No, we are hosts, plural. I'm also the host. (laughs) Your Biggest Breakthrough. Yes. Hey, Wendy, let me ask you something. Uh, Have you ever been, I'm sure you have been, uh, to a crusade or to revival of any kind? Wouldn't you know? You're married to me. We actually haven't. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of this uh, conversation before, but yes, I have been to small revivals, but not like the crusades Mm -hmm. and revivals I really picture with thousands and thousands of people, but yeah, on a small scale for sure. This is a lead in to where we're going, but I have had the opportunity also to go to a few crusades, a Billy Graham crusade Mm -hmm. here many years ago. Cool. And it is amazing to see what God does when the gospel is preached Mm. and how people open up to him. And that's why... We're excited about today. Yes, because today we have a very special guest who is a well-known chiropractor, and he specializes in breaking the cycle of chronic stress, but he is also an evangelist, like big-time evangelist. Yeah, pretty amazing. So fun. Dr. Peter Sulak is a chiropractor by day and an anointed evangelist by day and night. (laughs) He's a family man based out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, more than that, he's simply a son of the Most High God. Mm -hmm. And now in 2006, he started a ministry called Matthew 10 International. He did that as a way of having an offering to the Lord from his businesses. So Matthew 10 is dedicated to proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, serving widows and orphans, ministering to the sick, and empowering pastors and leaders. Yes, and since its beginning, Dr. Pete has been around the world Get this, 25 times it is. And he's preached to crowds of all sizes, from a few hundred slave laborers in brick factories in the Middle East to over a million souls in Nigeria and all sizes in between. And he is so incredibly humble. Wait till you hear about the ministry to those in the brick factories. Mm. Now, he's also the author of The Joseph Blessing, and that was done with Jordan Rubin. And he's a clinic, Redeem Health and Chiropractic, which supports the ministry of Matthew 10. Yes, and it was in this setting that Dr. Pete, where he is known as America's leading stress expert, but at Redeem Health, stage four cancers, diabetes, high blood pressure, and other ailments are miraculously healed by the power of Jesus Christ. So Dr. Pete has over 20 years of experience serving all ages from infancy infancy to 100. The Redeem Health experience has been carefully designed to help, quote, break the cycle of chronic and traumatic stress for individuals and families in three ways, physically, chemically, and emotionally. And people from all over the country and, in fact, all over the globe visit this practice routinely to seek health and healing. He is an amazing healer spiritually, physically, and in every other way. 
Welcome, Dr. Pete Sulak, to Your Biggest Breakthrough. We are honored to have you, and I just had the privilege of meeting you at the Chiropractic Revolution. We both did, Todd and I, and what a powerful time. Yeah, so we thought we were coming to a basically a conference to learn more about physical healing and the like, and while that was part of it, I actually felt like we were at a revival meeting. I'm telling you, Dr. Pete, you've got... You have a passion. The whole group as part of that revolution has that same passion. But your preaching and your commitment to sharing the gospel is so different and so unique. We're going to hear all about that. But you got to back us up first. Like, where did that all start? How did you come to faith in Jesus? At five years of age, my mom got a call from one of her friends whose daughter just gave their lives to Christ. And instantly I knew I want that. And so at the age of five, on the bottom bunk of my bunk bed, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. I invited Jesus to be the Lord of my life. He's been with me every day since. And it's one of the most just amazing things that I share around the world, especially to just people groups that have never heard the gospel before. And to be able to share with them that over 40 years ago, I invited Jesus Christ into my heart. He's been with me ever since. I wake up with Jesus. I go to bed with Jesus. I talk to Jesus, the living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. I am in a personal relationship with him. So now, good. Now yeah. You are a chiropractor too, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Besides, besides being an evangelist. Yeah. In, I've been in practice now since 2002. God's been very gracious to us. I think years ago, it was, we did the numbers and found that we had served over a million patient visits in practice. So now well over a million patient visits, people every week come from all over the world. Wow. But in 2004, two years into practice, knowing the Lord from when I was five, but God just instilled a hunger for the things of God. It wasn't something I was searching after. I just felt like I just could not get enough. And long story short, I had an encounter with the Lord in Africa, Arusha, Tanzania. There's 10 of us in a room after a crusade. And we just began to pray and seek the Lord. And it's like the air got sucked out of the room. And for four hours, I walked and talked with Jesus Christ. Wow. Like Paul says, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but I was with Jesus. And in, in the midst of that, he began to share with me, son, I'm going to give you a hundred million souls in person. I'm going to give you a billion through the media. Now I'm the last person you've ever picked to do any of those things, introverted by nature, shy by nature. But God began to just reveal these things to me. No one in the room moved for four hours. And when I came out of it, I could literally just God had given me a revelation. And, but in the midst of it, I was 28 at the time. He said, when you turn 29, it'll be a year of intimacy and preparation. When you turn 30, I'll release you to the nations of the earth. And that's what he's done. Now I happen to have a heritage. I grew up in my great, on my mom's side of the family, we had Indian curry because my grandmother was born in Nagaland, India. Her great grandparents brought the Bible to the headhunters of Nagaland, India, and Nagaland at the time was 17 tribes of headhunters and cannibals. Many people considered the most vicious place in all the world. My great-grandfather was a linguistic specialist. So him and his, my great-grandmother in 1911, right after they got married in the early 20s, traveled the four months to Nagaland, India, because revival was starting to take place because of an early missionary that brought the message and the good news of Jesus Christ through a bamboo cross. They came in 1912, and for, from 1912 to 1947, my great-grandfather translated all the tribal languages into English, translated the Bible for them, 
trans established the Christian church there. And now Nagaland is considered one of the greatest revivals ever hit the earth of 2 million people, 1.8 million people profess Christ. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is that people groups prayed every single day since 1912 for Joseph Tanquist's descendants to be used to win India and the world of Christ. And I happen to be the great grandson. So that all being said, it's the fervent prayers of, prayers of the righteous that availeth much. I didn't choose this. God chooses us and appoints us to bear fruit. And so since that time, we've done 25 crusades, massive crusades around the world, just in my off time of being a chiropractor. And then when COVID hit, just got it opened everything up for us. The world shut down, but he opened up the harvest for us. And Today, I will actually be doing our 448th and 449th crusade since COVID began. Countries all around the world, hundreds of thousands, millions of people are coming to Christ. But it's truly just the grace of God and just Jesus. He is amazing. And I'm a chiropractor. But And I always ask, Lord, why am I a chiropractor? And now, years later, I know that it's so that we can bring our entities of Redeem Chiropractic, Redeem Essentials or Supplement Line, and all of these Redeem entities to infiltrate culture and the marketplace through healthcare so that we can earn a right to share our Jesus and fund the gospel, which we're really excited about. So I'm just wondering if there's somebody listening right now saying, here's my profession. I wonder if God is also calling me to evangelism. So I just want to go back for a minute because you'd mentioned before that encounter with the Lord, where for four hours you were walking and talking with Jesus, before that you had this hunger. seemingly yeah unsatiable hunger, This you just couldn't ignore the hunger that was inside of you. So I guess what I'm asking is, for those who want that sort of hunger, did you do anything or this is something God just planted in you? It is something, to be honest with you, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't all set. It was just an impartation of the Lord that caused me to hunger. And those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled and filled and filled to overflowing where our lives become an expression of him. But I wasn't the qualified one. In fact, if you put me in a line that you wouldn't pick me of anything that I'm doing right now in anything that we're bearing fruit on for the sake of eternity, you wouldn't pick me. The least likely becomes the, the most likely. And I think when it comes to all of us and those that are watching, every one of us, God has a specific calling on our lives. And there's a purpose for each and every one of us under the sun And there's assignments that he has for us. And it's just understanding that we as children of God are called to bear his image. We're called to shine and live from the vantage point of heaven. He's given us many gifts. And our role is to simply steward those gifts for his glory. And then there's assignments in all of our lives. And that's simply to be a reward in the seasons that God places us. And to be faithful in those seasons and faithful with the little things. It's amazing what God will do. And so people ask me all the time, how do we get started? Be faithful. Steward the day. Simply steward over the, the opportunities that have been laid before you. Don't find ownership. Don't take identity. Find identity in those things. Find your identity in being a son or a daughter of God, knowing that you are loved by him and simply steward what he's given you and watch what God does. Oh, that's, that's so, so good. Oh. I would imagine someone listening is, you know, this is so great for you, Dr. Pete, because generation after generation, God has been really a mainstay in your life. And Jesus has called you all to, to greater things. But I come from a really broken home and I come from a home of atheists. I come from a home of whatever the generations are and the generational curses, if you will. And just every family has dysfunction. But what would you say to that person that's, I do have a hunger, but I don't know. I know you just said, take things and start to put that faith into action. But would you say, get around the right people? Because maybe they feel alone and even 
feeling like, ooh, I do want to learn about Jesus more? You know, I think the, the beautiful thing about the good news of Jesus and the gospel of Jesus Christ is that the living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And one of the greatest ways to start is just through the word of God. The word of God is Jesus in print. He's the word that became flesh, dwelt among us. And to be able to just study the word and let the water of the word refresh us. For those that get started, if you turn into the New Testament and just read Find a, a red letter version and just read the words of Jesus. You begin to understand the heart of God. You begin to understand the nature of God. So often we fall in love with Jesus and say, okay, Lord, what can I do for you? And we forget the essence of actually the true gospel, that Jesus came to free me from me, to satisfy me completely in him and allow my life to be an expression of his nature around the earth like a Christian is not someone that is prayed a prayer to go to heaven. A Christian is a Christ-like one mm-hmm. who's entered into relationship with God and knows God so intimately through spending time in his word, through spending time in prayer, by sitting in his presence, that we become an expression of his nature. First John 4 says, this is the sign that you know God intimately. You walk in love. You take on his nature. And I think that's first and foremost. And then from there... In this personal relationship that we have with God, our Father speaks to us and he gives us the opportunity to respond. The Bible says, faith with James says, faith without works is dead. A relationship with God without a response is futile. It doesn't bear any fruit for eternity. But the, the, the magnitude of what it's like to be in relationship with God himself, to know him intimately, spend time in his word and just commune with the living God. How do we commune with the living God? We just spend time reading his word. People ask me all the time when it comes to hearing his voice. Well, Dr. Reed, how do I know if it's God or a counterfeit? I asked my brother-in-law once, he's a president of a bank. And I said, you know, how do you know if like currency is counterfeit or not? Do you study counterfeit? And he looked at me like I was crazy. Like, what do you mean? And he goes, I go, well, how do you know if something like if they come in with fake currency? He goes, we study the real thing. We see the real thing so much that when a fake comes in, you know it from a mile away. Good. We can know the voice of God and know his word and know who he is and who we are in him with such clarity through the word of God that when a counterfeit comes in, we can see it from a mile away. Our relationship with God, cultivating a relationship with God, that's what God blessed us with, our relationship with him. That's so good. And in this culture and season in which we find the world in, and especially America, people need to be freed from themselves. So Dr. Pete, what I really love about what you've been sharing is it is so simple. Like you don't have to have a lot of head space to retain what you were just sharing. You just have to have a lot of heart space. And that's the beauty of the gospel and, and how Jesus brings us this good news. Now you talked about being able to hear his voice and everybody wants more of that. Spending time in his word is definitely the way to get there. But you had an encounter not too long ago, I believe, where God started to talk with you about Pakistan. And it sounds like that sort of came unexpectedly. Tell us what happened and where it led to. Let me preface it by saying this. It's so true that God desires a relationship, literally a personal relationship, where we commune with the living God and have a relationship with him. I'm reminded of Matthew 16, starting in verse 13. And Jesus is there with his disciples and he begs the question, goes, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, you're John the Baptist, one of the prophets, Elijah. And Jesus goes back and says, no, who do you say that I am? 
And they, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus responds to him, he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And upon this rock, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. What was the rock? A word from her father. Jesus is there standing there, flesh and blood, and he says, I'm not the one that's revealing to this. My father in heaven is. Why? Because Jesus came to restore our relationship back with our heavenly father. And through intimacy, our father speaks into our spirit, that still small voice that's confirmed by the word of God. And when the father speaks, it's a rock the gates of hell cannot prevail against. I have a pocket full of rocks, words from my father that that I that he establishes his kingdom on, words, rhema words from our father, words that are quickened in my spirit. See, I can read the word of God, but then in faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But then there comes that moment through studying his word that it's made alive in my spirit. It's quick and I go, wow, that's for me. It might just be the revelation that Jesus loves you. Yeah, I can be told all day long that Jesus loves me, but then there's that moment where I realize, wow, Jesus loves me, and it changes everything, and it transforms my life. And it goes on to say in Matthew, and this is how I will build my kingdom, by relation, a relationship with the living God, where we get that rhema word from God, and it changes everything in our lives. I have a pocket full of rocks. I have a rock when my father invited me into his kingdom at the age of five. It's a pocket. It's it's the good news of Jesus Christ. There's a rock that I have, a word from my father that was quickened in my spirit one day when I was reading in James, and it says in three, if you have a self-seeking envy in your heart, that's demonic. It was a time where we I was trying to fight devils, and God says, son, I didn't call you to fight devils. I made a public spectacle of the devil. You have all authority over all the power of the enemy. The only thing you have to just beware of is a self-centered life. Son, I freed you from yourself. I freed you from... So that's the revelation. When it came to Pakistan, when COVID hit, everything shut down. And when everything shut down, my wife and four boys got together. And we said, what are we going to believe God for in this season? And in my spirit, the still small voice, the Lord just said, son, ask me for 100,000 souls. I said, Lord, 100,000 souls, like, no offense, but how am I going to do that? I said, but I'll ask because I feel it's from you. And the next day, my crusade director in Pakistan called and said, son, you can't come here, obviously. But the chief of police says, we don't care what you do in the villages. And it's that spurred everything on that we began to do village crusades where we began to go into villages and they just projected me on the screen and I began to present the gospel with my crusade director there. And now we're almost 450 crusades in since March of 2020. But that was a rock. The gates of hell cannot prevail against a word from my father. And we all have been given pocketfuls of rock. Now I can share with you my rocks and my revelation, but when it becomes your rock, you can now use it for the glory of God and to advance the kingdom of God. Do, do you think that people are afraid, maybe, to have that intimacy in fear of what they might be told by the yeah. Lord and that they would need to take action and obey? And so, therefore, in this, the way our society is, they'd rather be told what to do and how to act? I think it's, it's easy sometimes. And what we don't know, human nature is to be against. But if this is the only revelation you ever get, 
it was one of those rocks that I received from my father when I began to understand the power of the cross. See, the cross for many of us, and something I use around the world, the cross for many of us is just, yeah, exposes that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. But the cross isn't there to expose me as a sinner. The cross is there as an indictment against everything that wants to find my life. The cross exposes the fact that my life is worth it, that it's significant in the eyes of God. How significant is the cross? How significant am I in the eyes of God? The living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, was willing to send his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to the earth to die and become my substitute and go to a cross and die in my place. I never have to question the love of God ever again, knowing that 2,000 years ago, he was there dying in my place because he said I was worth it. People say, where is God in this? There 2,000 years ago, dying in your place, making a way so that you could come back into relationship with God. That revelation alone will change you for eternity. There's no question that God is so on the move and love the fact that you and your teams are so available. It's like, all right, God, send us wherever. Now you're in Pakistan. And I understand, I, I just got to, I got to make sure the listeners understand what's going on here. You're preaching literally to thousands of people. And sometimes you'll do, as I understand it, two or three crusades a week. You are about to do one right after we record this podcast. <laughs> so tell us, how's that set up? You're going to, you're going to sit in front of your computer and using Zoom, I'm assuming, or something like that, streaming it somewhere. Yep. Describe what's happening on the other end. Yeah, we have a team of 80 around the world, and we're in four predominant countries of Pakistan, India, Zambia, and Ghana. They set everything up for me. So it really started because the need was there. The government doesn't care what we do in the villages. And my crusade director just said, hey, what would, what would you think about coming in and doing virtual crusades in the villages? Just like you were here in person, when the last time I was there in person, we had over 150,000 people show up. So they're on screens all over. So he said, you'd still be on a screen, but right here. And I said, so how many people are we talking? He said, five or 600. No I way. I said, so let me ask you this. If I send you $1,000 through Western Union, can you gather all the people? And he says, well, yeah. When do you want to do it? I said, I have Friday available from seeing patients. So let's do it Friday. He, I go, can you gather people? He did it. I preached the gospel live on Zoom on a screen right there in the middle of this village. They translate for me. I presented the gospel. I did an altar call, prayed for the sick, and miracles began to break out. The whole village gave their lives to Christ. And a lady from there said, I know someone in this village that's never heard about this Jesus. Can you come here? So my crusade director said, hey, can we go there? And I said, I have Tuesday available from seeing patients. Let's do it. Here's another thousand bucks. <laughs> and we did that. And then we began to put Bibles in people's hands. Because they didn't have Bibles, they didn't have resources. Then we created a discipleship book that walks people really through the essence of the gospel. That's now translated 100,000 copies in 10 different languages. And He's we good. began to do that. And now we're on, I'm doing 447 and 448 crusades just today. I do between three and eight every single week. There's huge opportunities there. God is on the move. He's doing something very special on the earth. And we're just offering him a few loaves of bread and some fish and said, Lord, a world needs you. So, so um, cool. Uh, can you share a few of the miracles? We love miracle stories. Yeah, it's interesting. So the last month that we were in Zambia, when I was preaching, all of a sudden people began to just celebrate in the crowd just while I was preaching the gospel before I even prayed for the sick. And blind eyes just started popping open throughout the crowd, which is just amazing. A lot of times we have deaf ears open up and yeah. also can hear. But to have blind eyes pop open like that, just truly amazing. 
I could just go on and on. Just miracles. Jesus just, is alive and well. He is alive. He's the God we serve is not dead. He's not yeah. historical. He rose from the dead and he's not, he's never died since. Our God is alive. Yes. Amen. 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 So Matthew 10 International Ministries is what uh, kind of covers over all the work that you're doing. When did you start that? And what specifically is that ministry all about? So Matthew 10 was simply out of Matthew 10, 7 and 8, which is, as you go preach, the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. But then it says this in verse 8, as freely as you receive, freely give. And that's really been our heart, simply giving the overflow from our offices into the gospel. Since then, many people have come on board. They just jump in the river with us. It's not my ministry. It's simply what God's doing on the earth. And so I consider it a huge honor every time people jump in the river with us. We've been doing it. It was nonprofit started in 2006. We've been all over the world. We've seen millions of people come to Christ. Even one of our TV shows around the world, the last episode had 14.2 million households tune in live to watch it. And I got some amazing things. And the last time our team traveled to around the world, they went, it wasn't me, but we had a team travel to Zambia, to Pakistan, around the world to see on that end, what it was like. So I was preaching from here. They were there on the grounds and and just were to witness all the lives being changed. But then they went into some brick factories. And in those brick factories, they saw the just the plight of these people, generational slavery, just horrible living conditions. And from that just event, one of the parents of one of our team members said, what would it take to really set them free? And we found that on average, a debt for a family found in generational slavery is about a $900 to $1,100 debt. And so what happens is if you had a child that needed a surgery, a minor surgery, and you didn't have the money, you could go to a brick factory owner and they would actually give you the money in exchange for you working in their brick factory and, and building bricks by hand, really for the rest of your life. And how so many average, do they have to build uh, a week? Because this is mind-blowing. Yeah, the average family builds 1,500 bricks a day by hand, 9,000 a week, wow. and 50,000, what is it, or just an incredible amount every single year, and you'll never get out of it. And so we've had a 67-year-old who was basically in since he was a, since he was a little boy for mm. his great-grandfather. See, people yeah. don't realize that's really happening, yeah. that there is it, real it, slavery it, happening it, around it the world. It should not be happening. There's 20,000 brick factories, 4.4 million caught in slavery in this country alone. Mm. And really what we did was this, okay, what's the debt? It's about $800 to $1,200 on average. But they said if you pay that debt and they go out, they still have nothing. And so we created a program that will literally bring them an invitation. So first of all, we do crusades where one day a week they can leave the brick factory and come to one of our crusades. We see them come to Christ, get planted in one of our churches. In just one of our churches, we found 600 families still caught up in generational slavery. So our goal is to begin to free all of those to begin with. So anyway, long story short, we found that for $37.50, we can pay off a family's debt, have all the legal work in place. We can bring them to a huge celebration where we celebrate the fact that they are free. We give them a loader cart, which is a flatbed, beautiful truck, so they can become transporters. We give it to them for free. We put them in a new home, give them six months rent, clothing, food, everything you need out the door, and teach them how to be transporters 
so that it can just simply be an expression of the goodness of God, that the kindness of God kisses our lives, and truly God is amazing. Life changing big time. I love what y'all are doing, of course, and, and we are a big fan and taking part of that. But especially as this podcast episode drops, we're in the season of Thanksgiving and giving back. So I, I hope if you're listening that or watching that you will consider checking out Matthew 10 and we'll give all the details in the show notes. But yeah, nobody's just mentioned yeah, Matthew10.com. It's a great site, by the way. Whoever mm. put that together, it really looks good. There's some videos on there so you yeah. can see things. I think your son is a part of that ministry. He did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be yeah. so proud. Yeah. I've never come across a ministry this unique I've never even heard of debtors' prisons. And so I just really want to encourage In existence our today, but get, it is. Yeah, get on board and do yeah. something and free a family. Yeah, so good. And so I want to ask you, Dr. Pete, I want to see maybe if you'll talk a little bit about how our spiritual condition affects our physical health. Mm, wow, yeah, so true. I'll tell you this, when it comes to physical health is all about resilience meaning my body's ability to deal with life and the stressors and demands of life and recover from it. As long as my body's able to deal with life and recover, my body maintains its resilience. The secret's not my body's ability to adapt to life, it's its ability to recover from life. A body at rest is in wins every single time. Spiritually too, a mind at rest, there's a rest for the people of God when they live by faith, when we live from the vantage point of heaven. And when we are yoked by this life, the Bible gives us an incredible opportunity in Hebrews 4 to come boldly into the throne of grace to attain grace and mercy in time of need. If you are yoked by this life, if you are burdened by the circumstances of life, my encouragement is to go boldly into the throne of grace to attain grace and mercy in time of need, where his yoke is easy, his burden is light. There's a rest for the people of God. Same thing physically and with health. A body at rest wins. A body that's able to restore itself to homeostasis, that's the foundation of a happy and healthy life. Yes, yes, indeed. Love it. Your your chiropractic practice is called what? Redeem Chiropractic. And you're still taking patients. They're coming to you from all over the world. <laughs> but they, they, they do. And that's one of the greatest okay. honors is just to serve people and empower them to get in the game, finish the race. People from all over each and every week come with cancer, MS, Parkinson's, heart disease, and to be able to lay hands on them be able to serve them, to be able to empower them with the information that they need to live a happy and healthy life is one of my greatest honors. Beautiful. So good. We are honored to know you and to have seen you in action. And I know you're just so humble because it's the Lord in and through you and you're just passionate for getting people to know Jesus. Yeah. But and so I want you to address our listeners just before we let you go here, our viewers and our listeners, just by way of commissioning them, freeing them, if you will, to go out and do the work. Because I think a lot of people get stuck, Dr. Pete, in believing, I don't have what it takes. I'm yeah. not well-equipped. I don't know the Bible that well. I've never been to seminary. Blah, 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 blah. And yeah. so they can be really easy excuses to avoid going out and doing the work. But would you commission our listeners and our viewers to just get out there and do it? Yeah. For those of you that are watching, I do. I, I just encourage you that, first of all, your life is significant in the eyes of God. You are of great worth and value in his sight. God's not waiting for things to be perfect. That spirit of perfectionism isn't a spirit of God. It's one that's waiting for everything to be right in place before I act. No, God is all about a spirit of excellence, where I offer him what I've been given, nothing more, nothing less, a few loaves and a few loaves and a few fish, if that's all I have. And I offer it before the Lord, and the Lord is gracious at multiplying the gifts that we give him and multiplying it to affect the kingdom of God for eternity. 
no matter what you've been blessed with, just offer it to God and watch what God does. Don't be stagnant. Don't be complacent. Get moving and watch how God will use your life. You're worth it. And this world desperately needs the gift on your life. So good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, Dr. Pete. Thank you for being on your biggest breakthrough. And those of you listening, make sure you check out the website and check out everything that Matthew 10 has to offer. So thank you. Have a wonderful crusade. We're going to be praying for you and we're honored to support a family or two. So God bless. Guys, Jesus is amazing. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.